What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerd Wide Podcast. This is episode 67. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend, and you know, an okay Braves fan, Chris Rivers. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How you doing, Tyler? Doing great. Listen, started this 7-4 to four work week this past week. It's mm-hmm. excellent. I don't know what it is about that extra hour I get at, in the afternoon, but it's nice. I can yeah. do so much more room for activities. I feel like I'm, you know, more awake, I guess, because usually, you know, I go to bed about 8.30-ish, but if I get off at 5, I'll have like three and a half hours just to hang around about the, the house. Now I've got four and a half hours, and it's quite nice. I, I can't complain. How's your week been? Go to bed, you go to bed at 8.30? Yeah, I get up at 2.50, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, well, okay. Uh, I try to get up at 2.50. These past two weeks have not been, uh, not been good, so. Gotcha. No, my my week was pretty good. Uh, work is work. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There was something about this week, though. I'd come in and it's just kind of one of those low energy weeks yeah. when I when I got in. And so I didn't do a whole lot in terms of watching stuff outside of what we're watching for the show. So oh, do I have some stuff that to... we've talked that we're going to talk about? Because I have been. I guess busy for our show wise, yeah. at least. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about. This upcoming week though is going to be something. Cause the NFL draft happens next mm-hmm. weekend, um, or this coming weekend as as this comes out, and then so for that I'm going to watch Draft Day, the Kevin Costner movie. I don't think I and have then, seen. And uh, then so I'm planning to watch that, and I'm going to watch that second Sherlock movie too. Oh, just to I almost I that almost setup. watched that this week. I almost watched it. But uh, th- that's the plans for this upcoming week. Those two things are usual stuff that we'll watch and uh, the draft. Yeah. So. It's going to be an exciting week. The draft yeah. is always fun anyways. I've been, like, uh, outside of our nerd world, I've been watching uh, the Memphis Grizzlies playoff games. Mm-hmm. So Some disappointing nights. Um, yeah, I mean, we've I just got finished with game four. I stayed up till midnight last night watching it, which is you know during the weekend, it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I uh, watched it, watched the game Thursday night, which was just absolutely bonkers of a win. But now with the series is tied and the officiating for the whole playoffs as a whole, not just the Grizzlies and Timberwolves, but from everybody's been horrible, and yeah. everybody has noticed. So we'll see anything if if anything happens but probably not no no but guys this is the nerd wide podcast don't forget to subscribe to either our youtube or podcasting service of your choice if you enjoy the show make sure you leave us a thumbs up on youtube or give us a good rating for your podcasting apps if you don't enjoy what you see or hear make sure you leave us a comment let us know how we can improve the show as always if you go the extra little mile you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide toss us a couple dollars that way if you so feel inclined to do so and there's three different tiers there if you want to um, get a little couple goodies if you can go that way uh, I know you just said you haven't been watching anything crazy this week um, nothing you mean catch up any of your shows or anything like that no not really this week like I said it's been pretty quiet so well Chris let me tell you about a show I have started this week Started Legacies, again, tried to give mm-hmm. it a little bit. I think I got finished with episode two. And I said, you know what, this show is not for me. I'm going to watch something else that's been in my uh, list on Netflix for a while, which put a pin in Netflix, we're going to come back to them here in a minute. Oh, yeah. But 
I was like, oh, you know, I've had this CW show in my list for a while. I really want to check it out. It's a little show called All American. So it is a CW show about a, a football player in the NFL now uh, by the name of Spencer Pacinger. So mm-hmm. it's about it's a drama. It's a quote unquote, quote unquote drama based on his life. Of course, everything is not 100% accurate because you do have to televise things and make it um, more watchable and more dramatic as CW does. But they've even tweaked his name and things like that. And Chris, I am all in. I am on episode, just finished episode 14 of season one. And this is a show that has not been canceled by CW yet. So they are going into season four this week. You know how CW does. I don't think they've been picked up for a season five yet, but I know they haven't. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked too much into them other than what I've watched, but Mm -hmm. I have been addicted. Like there's times where I am, I'm hooked. Like I've even been watching it on the big screen. I normally watch it while I'm doing other things throughout the week. I'm not going to say in case people are listening. Um, it's just been so good, man. It is phenomenal. It's uh, Tay Diggs is one of the main characters in it, and uh, man, it's it's truly good. If you like football shows, products, things like that, this is a good one, especially with our, like our CW spin. And get right. this, Greg Berlanti, executive producer. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. No wonder I like this. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Amongst other things. Um, like the IMDb thing is, well, star high school footballer player from South Central is recruited to play for Beverly Hills High School. Two separate worlds collide. And let me tell you, there, this show is all over the place in a great way. You've got, I'd say about four or five main characters. Obviously, Spencer mm-hmm. James, who is Spencer Pacinger, uh, his character is your main one. But the Beverly Hills side and then the South, the Crenshaw side is really good because you deal with gangs, you deal with family dynamics. It's really good. And I just, I really, really say if, if you like football things, watch this because this show is way too addicting and way too good. Uh, the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies I've watched. And I think that's it as far as TV. That sums up yeah. everything I've been watching. And I can't get off of All American. So. <laughs> yeah w- watching a playoff series like that can uh it takes up time you're usually mm-hmm. watching three hours per game so yeah and that doesn't include commercial or the halftime because they have to make it up and do something around the house because i yeah. usually don't care what else is going on but let's see superman and lois we got coming back this week finally um i think it's episode nine is what we come back with but chris we have a show to talk about and that is do we Moon Knight, episode four, titled The Tomb. I didn't have any Easter eggs for this one. I didn't really, I didn't even catch on to any Easter eggs in it. More mythological than anything for this mm-hmm. one. But as mm-hmm. usual, we're going to Decider.com by Sean T. Collins for this breakdown. What happens to superhero when, what happens to a superhero whose superpowers are suddenly taken away? What good is a Moon Knight who is no longer a knight powered by the moon? How long can such a person last? About 50 minutes, give or take. Cheeky. Uh, titled The Tomb, Moon Knight Episode 4, follows Stephen Grant and Layla, the estranged wife of Grant's Mark Spector personality, as they attempt to infiltrate the tomb of Amit and stop her dangerous follower, Arthur Harrow, from resurrecting her, all without Mark's avatar powers to protect him now that Conjure has been sealed away. It doesn't really go well. I mean, it goes all right for a while before Mark confesses to being present at the mercenary raid during which Layla's archaeologist father was killed. Mark himself was shot by his own partner and then gets shot by Harrow and then tumbles into a pool of water and floats off into nothingness. 
For example, Layla saves uh, them from Harrow's forces by tossing a lit flare into a box of ammo on their truck, blowing them full of holes. Which I will work that. That was all over the place. That paragraph was. Yeah. Um. So they break it down further, but we'll get there. Uh, I'm not even gonna talk about that. Yeah. All right. Let's. Here we go. Within the tomb, Stephen and Layla navigate the place's labyrinth layout. It's amazing the shape of the Eye of Horus symbol. Dodge and reanimated undead priest walk along a treacherous Indiana Jones Goonie style crumbling ledge and stay one step ahead of Arthur and his Arthur's followers. A lot just happened there. I want to talk about this scene though. I know, and I watched this with my brother. We watch it uh, on the group watch and everything. Was this when they were down in the tomb, uh, getting the way to the tomb? Was it just really dark for your screen too? Yeah. Like, especially the, the where the hole was, it was so dark. I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, I could see some, I could see Layla's face occasionally, but I was like, I don't understand uh-huh. what we're watching. And Zach said the same thing, the same thing. And it was like, I mean, I get it, what's going on, but they really should have brightened it up a little bit, if you ask me. A little bit, yeah, for sure. Um, mine might have been a little, just based on what you're describing, a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I watch on a laptop. I don't know yeah. if my settings on the laptop or. Or usually we, uh, I think this is a show that's be watched in the dark because we watched it and the sun was still up, which is not normal for us. Uh, yeah. But it was that's what I thought it was. But then he said the same thing. I, was like, ah, I don't know then. Uh, this scene was pretty cool. We got a lot of backstory. We figured out why uh, Arthur was trying to pit Layla against Mark. It turns out Mark was a part of the the mercenary group that killed her father, albeit he didn't kill her father, and he was right. betrayed he by the guy that stop. did. But he was guilty by association here and did yeah. not tell her, which is a big no no. But to be fair, I love he was going to go tell her, and they got fell in love yeah. with her. So, yeah, I uh, I love how when she confronts Stephen because Stephen's inhabiting the body mm-hmm. at the time. She confronts him, and he immediately like is like, "Nope." Right. <laughs> he gives it right back over to yeah. Mark. He's like, "I'm not. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this." <laughs> it's very smart. I mean, I would do the same thing. I really enjoyed <laughs> this episode particularly because it felt very National Treasury and very mm-hmm. Indiana Jonesy, and I really I love those kind of movies, like where you're hunting for historical pieces, like like uh, the Mummy, the Mummy Returns, things like that. I love. And that's what this felt like a whole lot to me. Um, they even discovered the actual tomb of Amit. More specifically, it's the tomb of Alexander the Great. Turns out the Macedonian conqueror was once Amit's avatar. And he's been buried in uh, pharaonic, pharaonic, I think I'm saying that right, fashion with Amit's Ushtabi, the statue that seals her away, embedded in his throat. Overcoming his revulsion, Stephen grabs it before anyone else can. This was really cool. And I also saw a graph earlier. You can always look up uh, Google Trends. And mm-hmm. the... The uh, tomb of Alexander the Great was Googled with, with the, you know, so much more times than what it normally was in the past week. And I was like, okay, that's funny. Because it's it really, that's something that hasn't been found yet. I was like, I did not know that. Right. And yeah. who knew? Moon Knight found it. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the cool thing about using real history like that, too, is because now people are learning kind of on their own because right. it, it gets them curious so they google and you know people are sitting there reading through wikipedia or whatever mm-hmm. and they're learning something while they're watching the i show. learned something because i didn't know that was i didn't know he was not found or still not found yet yeah and makes you wonder where is he chris i mean 
couple couple dollars. I'll go try and find them. I won't go far, but I'll try. <laughs> it's a lot of area to search because right. he was he was thirty three when he died, and he had conquered the entire known world at the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which makes you think, you know, I'm I'm older than thirty three. What have I done? Right. <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> uh, Harrow and his goons show up. Mark, who has taken control of his and Steven's shared body after Layla confronts him about the mercenary attack, kills some goons, but gets shot and turned by Harrow and tumbles out into space. This was trippy because when he fell back, mm-hmm. he is on a slab and there's water there, but he, it wasn't like it's a pool of water. It's just a, some water sitting on the slab. And then you see he keeps falling. And I'm just mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, you know, maybe he's going into the night, you know, moon night. <laughs> no, he gets put in a mental hospital. And this yeah. really is where it messes with your brain. The episode ends with a segment set in a mental hospital, seemingly cribbed directly from Moon Knight Semi, canonically stepsister show, Noah Howley's Legion. I did not know that. I don't know why I put that there anyways. Here, Mark is heavily sedated and obsessed with an old Indiana Jones ripoff called Tomb Buster, which is the lead character, which is a dashing archaeologist by the name of Stephen Grant. And everywhere you look, there are reminders of uh, what's happened in the show, as with Mark and Stephen's Egyptian quest. Tomb Buster mm-hmm. features a lunar god. One patient has a scarab plushie. Another is drawing a bird with a skull for a head, uh, which is Khonshu, you know, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of things here. Um, more importantly, Mark's doctor is Arthur Harrow, complete with a trademark cane and a painting of an alpine village on the wall. Uh, takes a minute or two to have him, but eventually Mark freaks out over Arthur's attempt to treat him and makes a run for it. Somewhere in the asylum, he stumb- stumbles across a sarcophagus containing Stephen, and they have a happy reunion. They run down the hallway, not without looking in one door with another sarcophagus, put a pin in that will come back to it. And then they're confronted by a hippo that just seems uh, with a cheery high, and both men scream like frightened children. And that's the end of the episode. Um, so the hippo is one of the goddesses. Yes, uh, Tawaret, T-A-W-A-R-E-T, yeah. the fertility goddess. Yeah. So. And Donna who was Stephen's boss at the museum, mm-hmm. is the one that's seen in the hospital hugging the plushy scarab. Oh, I didn't even know. Uh, I didn't even notice that. That's the, smart. Yeah. The orderlies were the cops. Yep. I noticed that or one. Or the, the, the fake cops. The one giving the speech at the beginning was... He was uh, the statue. statue. I thought that was yeah. very well done. <laughs> he was calling bingo numbers. Right. And uh, I saw one video... Um, with uh eric voss over on new rock stars and he pointed out those aren't real bingo numbers mm. like they were calling out numbers that weren't actually bingo numbers interesting so is that a clue to something um but yeah the uh one theory that i've seen is that they are in the underworld oh that would make and sense so they're locked down there with the other gods and goddesses and Tawame, I think is, is that how you say it? Tawame? Tawame, Tawame, um, yeah. She is probably just the first one that they've encountered. And it, based on how the episode started, there there's some people who are thinking maybe the gods and goddesses who are still speaking through avatars on Earth have conspired to lock these other gods and goddesses away. And uh, Mark and Steven are going to help free them. 
That's Cause, that makes sense. Because he also sees Layla down there, but she's she's not down there. Well, I googled the Easter eggs, and a lot of these I haven't, I didn't ever notice. But I'm going to Game Rant for this one. This is by Amanda Bruce. So we saw the trapped gods at the beginning mm-hmm. when they put Conchu statue up there. There's like ten of them, I think. Uh, we also see, I said at the beginning of the episode, when Steven and Layla approach the entrance of the tomb they're searching for, the camera cuts to reveal a goat watching them from a cliff. While that might seem mm-hmm. inconsequential to some of the audience, other audience members might remember that Steven ran into a goat when he first found himself in the town where Arthur Harrow and his followers lived in episode 2. So it seems like an odd coincidence for a goat to watch him now. But though, it says, Kanum is one of the Egyptian deities often depicted with the head of a goat or a ram. He was non, known as the Divine Potter because as the god of the Nile, he was thought to own the clay in the river during the flood. Kanun was also thought to be, uh, was thought to use the clay to shape children and even some of the other gods. Hmm. A bunch of scarab references, like we said earlier. But here's one. Layla's comic book connection. Abdullah Al-Fali is the name Layla uses to reference her father when she attempts to confront Mark about his death. That name explains why Layla isn't named after Mark Spector's comic book wife, Abdul Fal. Uh, Abdul Fowl is a character who debuted in Marvel Comics in 1977, also known as the Scarlet Scarab. He was a protector mm-hmm. of Egypt who attempted to keep invading forces out in the 1940s. His comic book story is combined with a piece of Mark's comic book backstory. So, and if you notice in the hospital scene, when she leans down, she's uh-huh. got a bandage. bandage, yeah, with a Scarlet Scarab on it. See, this is stuff I never know. I, People noticing these things is crazy because I, I didn't never notice it. So, yeah. um, importance of Alexander the Great. Uh, okay, the tomb that Stephen and Layla find surprises Stephen as he comes to believe it's the resting place of historical figure Alexander the Great. While he's a real life part of history, Alexander the Great is also a character in Marvel Comics. Kang the Conqueror is actually a huge admirer of Alexander the Great. During the reign of Alexander, he's so consumed by his own power and status that he proclaims himself to be the son of Zeus. Not much Greek mm-hmm. mythology has been included in the MCU outside of the Eternals, but Zeus is on his way to the MCU. This is uh, future spoilers for talk about later, but uh, the new Thor Love and Thunder trailer came out this week, and Zeus is in yeah. it. Um, let's see, Russell Crowe is playing him in Thor and Love and Thunder. It's entirely possible this might not be the last time we see Alexander the Great. Then it goes through all the callbacks to the institution, and then the big one that I want to know about, who was in that third sarcophagus that they just ran past and closed the door? I think that's the one that killed people in episode three. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Mark, we had the whole conversation. Mark said, you know, why'd you kill them? He goes, that wasn't me. And he said, right. well, it wasn't me. And that was kind of it. So I think that's the third identity that's hiding in his body that we don't know nothing about yet. Yeah. It would probably be named at the very I end agree. of the series for some reason. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'm wondering is, so we're getting all this about Egyptian gods and goddesses right Mm -hmm. and thor love and thunder is going to have the god butcher in it Mm -hmm. so are we going to see something that's what everyone is i mean it's it's not a coincidence i mean that's and again kevin feige and mcu don't do anything on coincidence it's all planned for some reason and that's what a lot of people are wondering. Well, do we get our first glimpse of the God Butcher at the end of this show? So, I mean, because they never showed it in the trailer of the movie. So, right. Who knows? I'll, I although his his action figure has been released, and people are not happy. Yeah, that's yeah. 
They're like, this doesn't... I saw someone, uh, they said that he looks like, the action figure looks like Death from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Really? Yeah. I just did the action figure. I'm going to pull it up. Oh, I think it, I think it looks fine. I could, I could see why they said it though. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a little, all right. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's a little, yeah. So. It's a little iffy. <laughs> but that was Moon Knight episode four. I thought it was a good one. I think it's uh, a very cool because someone pointed out at the end of the episode when both Mark and Steven sque- uh, scream at Tower Rep that each of them had a different pitch. Each of them screamed differently. Because they're a different personality. Although, that was a nice little catch they put in there. Which, of course, you know, yeah. they, they do everything. I feel like uh, Oscar Isaac did a phenomenal job. And so did Ethan Hawke every episode. Does a great job. Yeah. And But uh, Oscar Isaac was fun to watch in this one. Definitely. Two episodes left, it was, though. It was a fun episode. Yeah. Um, it's not connected right now to anything else in the MCU. There's mm-hmm. nothing that ties it. They haven't mentioned anything. Um, so I'm really curious how they're ultimately going to do that. You know, we've talked about, do we get a situation like we got at the end of Eternals where Blade vocally or physically makes an appearance? Mm-hmm. Um, do we see uh, Black Knight show up here? That's, I think, is out there... of all of them is Black Knight for me. Um, yeah. Which I think there's like, there's three possibilities if they catch the MCU. Um, which the article you sent me earlier was saying how great it is because it's a standalone. It doesn't really directly tie into the MCU yet. Uh-huh. But I think there's three those three possibilities. Gore the God Butcher in the last episode somehow. Uh, right. Black Knight or Blade. It's, it's one of those three somehow is how we're going to tie it in. You know what would be interesting is if they brought the Eternals. That would be in. See, that's what I thought would happen because he's at a museum in England. And yeah. that's where everybody else is in Eternals. So like Yeah. That'd be the easiest way to do it. And you figure they've encountered the pharaohs. Right. And the gods and goddesses of Egypt before. Especially so, the avatars. Like how would they not know about the avatars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've also found out the avatars don't like to be known we found out last last episode the guys don't like to be known that they're still right. around, which is whatever to me. If there's gods walking around us, I kind of want to know, you know. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, you know, <laughs> just personally. Uh, next week helpful. will be episode five, and I mean we're more than halfway done with the show, and it's one of the biggest complaints I still have. I don't. This either needs to be longer or just make it a movie. Personally. But well, but with a movie we get less. That's true. I just want more, you know. I just that's my biggest gripe, honestly. So they should do ten episode seasons. Yeah. I think that I'd I'd be okay with that. Ten episode seasons for all of them. I'd be down yeah. with. Uh next week will be episode five. I've only got one notable news story here, but it's a big one and a good uh talking piece here we could jump off of. Netflix has lost two hundred thousand subscribers in Q one and expects to lose another two million in Q two. I'm going to the HollywoodReporter.com by Jay Clara Chan and Alex Warpin. This is a little bit of a uh, lengthy piece, but it's it's got to go to talk about what will. 
Uh, Netflix lost 200,000 subscribers during its most recent quarter. A major setback for the streaming giant has been exponentially has seen exponential user growth over the past decade. As the company disclosed that it fell far short of its own low expectation of 2.5 million subscriber ads at the start of 2022. The streaming giant lost subscribers in nearly every region except for the Asian Pacific market, where it saw a net ad of over 1 million subscribers. Netflix lost around 640,000 subscribers in the U.S. and Canada region during the first quarter, a larger drop than its previous subscriber loss in the region last year, and saw a 300,000 subscriber loss in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and 350,000 loss in Latin America. The losses are expected to be continued into Q2 when Netflix predicts it will lose an additional 2 million subscribers. Um, let's see, I'm trying to... Not surprising, though. No, not, not after what they're they're doing right now. I'm trying to see if we well, get down to the root cause of it. it I mean, so. if you add up all those regions around the world, it's probably already 2 million. Right. So they're expecting another two. But if you lose the 200,000 initial was for the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. So if you lose another 200,000 in the U.S. based on our population, that's a drop in the bucket. You, know, you lost 400,000 Americans. and They it, lost several okay. hundred million in stock prices this week after this story came out. Yeah, but I mean, we're coming out of quarantine. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going to cut streaming services plus on top of it you've had others launch and people are only going to spend so i mean the point of cutting cable and going streaming is to save money yep so if you have all these streaming services you're spending as much as you did on cable you're going to cut some of them and they just lost out to some of the other companies yeah. it's not I feel like there's an overreaction. I do wonder what caused the bump in well, the Asia-Pacific Asia market. Well, I don't know about there. I know here there is a big thing because they went up in prices. right? They're close to $20 uh, a month now, which, again, mm -hmm. for for me personally, how much I watch on it, that's not a big deal. Like, I mean, that that's about right there. Because, I mean, I just sit here and talked about it. I'm still watching. That's all I watch on my shows is from CW. And Netflix now. Um, well, but if you watch two movies, you've paid for it. Right. That's a good point, too. And they're also, they've said two weeks ago that they are looking into a way to quit password sharing between people. Mm -hmm. And that's going to cut a lot of things because a lot of people are like, well, why? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they're still making a lot of money and they're canceling people's favorite TV shows. That's what a lot of people issues like I've seen all over the Internet. Is that why yeah. you know serves them right? They've canceled all the shows that are popular. So well, I think I think from what I've heard, the password sharing that they want to cut out is, um, say you live, well, we we both live in the same metro area, but you're in a different section of town than I am. So if I give you my password, that's what they're wanting to cut out. They're perfectly fine if you have another another user set up on your account, right? Because they give you that option. So I don't. I'm not going to hate on them for yeah. cutting out. You yeah, know, it'd be like if I, if I went online and I posted, "Hey guys, here's the password for my Netflix. Anybody that wants to use it, right? It, yeah. It's it's. But so you could also do it. There's multiple ways you could do it, and I've seen people do it like. 
I pay for Netflix monthly, and you you pay for Apple TV monthly, and right. we share passwords stuff like that. There's a lot. We don't both have that subscription, but it's it's a slippery slope. But to expect to lose another two million in Q two, that's a, I mean, ouch. That's not that's not for the best. So, no, but it, it was bound to happen. Yeah, this is this is the streaming wars ring right now. Everyone's going to pay for a month when the new series comes out. Well, that's what thing Netflix doesn't do. Netflix drops everything all at once, besides like some mm-hmm. of the reality stuff. But they drop everything all at once. All you have to do is pay for a month, cancel it, and then come back when that show comes back. Like Cobra Kai, for example, or The Witcher. Like, right. But I, I watch way too many shows. That's where I get most of my content from. It's from uh, Netflix. So I'm a Netflix for lifer, I guess. Uh, releases this week, nothing. There's nothing on TV coming out this week. Nothing. Just the draft. Right, just the draft. But don't, I don't expect that. We'll have a uh, draft drinking game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's always fun. It sounds like heartburn yeah. for me, but you know I'll do it. So. <laughs> All right, on to movies. Tyler, have yes, you sir. watched anything else? No new movies for me this week. No? Mm-mm. Nothing for me. Well, I, no, just all American, and then the Memphis games. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to watch anything extra either. Probably do it this next week though. Mm-hmm. Maybe tonight I'll start one of them. But uh, that gets us right to our movie of the week. We finally watched on HBO Max, not Netflix. Mm-mm. We watched. We watched the Batman, starring. Robert Pattinson, Colin Farrell, all sorts of wonderful. Mm-hmm. wonderful Zoe Kravitz. Talents. Zoe hats. Kravitz. Um, yeah. So, do you want the story here? Or no? It's been out for a, a minute, right? Like it's, it's been, been out. Uh, it's been out at least forty-five days. Yeah, let's do spoilers. It's full spoilers for oh. the Batman. If you haven't watched it, pause now and come back to us. Um. So the basic plot, I mean, the basic, basic plot's always the same on Batman movies. He, he has grown up to become a vigilante in Gotham uh, after his parents were murdered. And what we see here is this is very similar to, like, Batman Year One or Batman Year Two. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, it's early on in the crime fighting Um we see him meet for the first time Selena Kyle. He uh, he knows who Penguin is already because Penguin's an established criminal. Um, he meets the Riddler for the first time. Gordon is not the commissioner yet. Mm-mm. Even at the end uh, of this movie, he's not commissioner yet. Which yeah. I thought that would have easily... I know that they could tie that into it, but I was like, you could easily... Put that in the, movie. the commissioner, the commissioner gets killed. Yeah, that's where I thought it was coming. Yeah, and I, I figured it's probably a case where they just didn't show it. Yeah. Um, you and I were talking before the show about. You said this this made you really want to see more of Gotham, mm-hmm. right? Like it kind of reminded you of that. That's exactly when I was watching the movie. I was like, this could have used Gotham as a launching pad, yep. almost. And it's got that same gritty feel. 
obviously it's got different actors in it. Right. Um, but the the Bruce Wayne from Gotham, you could easily see turning into this Bruce Wayne. Right, a little, little skinny, little twig of a guy for the yeah. most part. I mean, he, he was bulked up. Our past was bulked up for this movie, but not um, Ben Affleck bulked up. Not Bale. No, not Bale either. But he was, he was still buff, but just not crazy. It's tone, not mass. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole story revolves around the Riddler. He's attempting to take out the elite of Gotham, who he perceives as being the problem. And uh, Batman's attempting to stop him. And he's not really successful. Mm-mm. It's it's a very weird part of the movie because it's like, well, he still ultimately did what he wanted to do. Right. Batman's able to minimize the damage is all uh, that it to, is. To an extent, a little bit. <laughs> and and we also get, for a very brief moment, back in Arkham with the Riddler, we get a hint of the Joker. So that is the Joker. There's an extended scene that came out last month, I'm pretty sure, that was... So you know at the end of the movie, he had that interview. Uh, Batman had an interview with the Riddler, mm-hmm. with uh, Paul Dano. And there's a deleted scene that they released of him in that same exact thing, but it was the uh, the Joker on the other side. Like he was investigating him. And it's uh, Barry Keegan who plays the Joker. Now, the what we see in the finished film, you can't really get a good look at the Joker. He's sort of in silhouette. And the way that he laughs, we talked about Gotham. I went right back to Cameron Monaghan, yep. and I was like, oh, dude, he would have been so fantastic. Oh, I, I really wish they would have gotten him for this. That just, I, I love it. Because, I mean, even with the, the clip that they showed, like, I think Cameron did a better job. But it's, it's one of those hard things to be the Joker, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, we're still in a world where um, Heath Ledger is still fresh. When it comes to Batman yeah. movies and Joker movies, and yeah. that's who everyone compares themselves to now, which is honestly how it should be. But I I liked that they explored more of the Bruce Selena stuff. Yes, without them, he knows who she is. She doesn't know who he is, Mm-mm. and um, they so they touch on that. When, uh, see, it's it's the mayor that's murdered first, right? Mm-hmm. Right off the rip. Yeah, he's murdered. And you see when, uh, it's this very awkward scene because Gordon lets Batman into the crime scene. And he's got to walk through all these cops and they're all just looking at him because he's a vigilante. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be after him. And here he is at their crime scene. And uh, as he's leaving, he looks over and he sees the mayor's son kind of because he had found his dad's body. And this look is exchanged because Bruce knows what he's going through. And I'm sitting there thinking, are they about to completely retcon Robin? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be he takes him? They didn't do it in the film. No. Um, But I wondered for a minute if that's what they were actually going to go for 
what cracked me up because when that happened, I was, that's one of my first senses of the Gotham show came into it because that was a Ben McKenzie looking at young Bruce Wayne from Gotham, like the very first episode, though, that eye contact they had. And I was like, mm. oh, we're, we're about to do this, but that didn't. I'm really excited. I wish the kid was a little bit more of an influence in the show than he was. Yeah, that that was kind of weird that they didn't bring it back. I mean, he was at the funeral. Bruce saves him at the funeral. Right. Uh, and saves because, him again at the end of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was and that was a very awkward scene because he's he's in this water. He's got a flare, mm-hmm. right? So both of our shows this week, our movie and our show, feature <laughs> flares. I thought that was odd. It's a theme for the but, week. <laughs> um, Batman has a flare, and all these people are kind of they're trapped off to the side behind this scaffolding, and there's all this water, um, and he he extends his hand out, and no one takes it. Mm-mm. They all just kind of look at him, and then that kid is the one that reaches out first, and then after that, the the new mayor takes his hand, and then people just file out behind him. But it was it was like, folks, he didn't do this. Right, he actually just <laughs> saved all to... of your lives <laughs> again. Yeah, because uh, there was a there's a a wire a live wire dangling, mm-hmm. and he swings out to it takes the bat symbol off his chest cuts the wire and falls into the water with it genius and uh saved a bunch of lives because there were a bunch of people yeah, in there that were water a lot of people trapped gotten, in there <laughs> they would have gotten electrocuted pretty quick um john Turturro's in this also mm-hmm. as carmine falcone Phenomenal. and that was another thing that was another thing that they did that was so interesting is they made him Selena Kyle's father. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so, it's kind of cool because her mom worked at this same club she works at. Right. And she kind of had a thing with Falcone. And Selena Kyle is the result of that. But then her mom, from what I recall, her mom's murdered, right? Yeah, her mom's Falcone. killed by Falcone. Mm-hmm. But he never really does much in terms of coming around Selena. But he knows who she is. Right. I don't ever, I don't ever really remember if she, if he knew she was his kid. She um, knew it was her kid. Right. But I don't know if Falcone she, knew that that was his daughter until the yeah, end. I think he, my thing was, I think he suspected. Hmm. He may not have known. Uh, but it's a great performance. He convinces Bruce at one point that, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Who's the other crime boss? Um, Penguin. Oh, uh, the one that was never on screen. Yeah. Uh, Bill Falcone. It's the, always the big one. I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll think of it here in a minute. Starts with an M. Oh, God, no, that's, um, that's bothering me, too, because he was in Gotham. Uh-huh. Yeah. Crime Lords in Gotham. But Falcone is always the one that's front and center. Right. Uh, Maroney. Sal Maroney. Maroney. So he convinces Bruce that Maroney had Thomas Wayne killed. 
because he and Falcone had a history and Wayne wanted to clean up the city. That was mm-hmm. a big part of his campaign. For a billion it, dollars. Yeah. And it turns out that Falcone had mm-hmm. his his parents killed. And so it's it's a great look at Batman at, at this time. He hasn't honed all of those skills yet, especially his detective skills. So he buys it. He leaves there furious at Alfred for lying to him. Because mm-hmm. um, his dad's not the perfect dad they thought he was. Right. And it ends up being a case where he believed the lie until Alfred straightened him out mm-hmm. on it. I just... I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Um, I think it was pulling in on average a 4.2. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, There's things I liked about it. I would be interested in seeing another one. I don't know if they're going to do that because of the Discovery merger and what they've already said about the DC Universe. Unless they make this the flagship if they can get everybody that they need to back and get them to keep going possibly build around this yeah i think but, uh, i think in interviews prior to the the discovery buyout this was supposed to be i don't know if it was a trilogy or not but i know it was a it's supposed to be a standalone thing from the dceu now with Discovery doing their own thing they're doing now and seeing how much money this movie's made. Because this movie did well, and it's still mm-hmm. doing well. And I can see why. So this one, I I enjoyed it a whole lot. I gave it a five on Letterboxd. And I told you before yeah. the, the show that might be my favorite Batman movie. Obviously, The Dark Knight is everyone's number one for the most part. And this one was like right there with it for me. Like the, the Riddler, they brought a nice dark gritty tone to it that was horrifying until uh, even at the end when he's when he wasn't when he was just himself it was mm-hmm. horrifying um i had to I, I had to do a double take when we first see the riddler mm-hmm. i was like is he wearing is he wearing glasses on the outside of his mask mm-hmm. but yeah he, he was yeah, they couldn't see i mean why not put in context i don't know but um like it the only thing it was it was a little long for me you know almost three hours long uh but this movie went places and i loved it like we covered a whole lot if you think about from where we started to where we are i mean Mm -hmm. jay like hargo uh which is in he's in the titans he's gonna be the new robin and titans was in this movie and i thought Mm -hmm. he had a lot bigger impact than what he was what he actually did i was like okay they're putting him right up he was in the gang um he was wearing right away and I was like, okay, he's gonna become something. But no, he was just a little a gang member. Um, yeah, it looked like looked like his character was about to go through an initiation. Right. And everyone else just got beat down and I am vengeance was said. And it was really cool. I, I enjoyed this movie. So uh our Pat's favorite Batman, I think, right now my favorite out of everybody. Maybe Keith no. So he's my favorite Batman. Now, as far as Bruce Wayne, no, no, I did not, uh, did not do it for me as Bruce Wayne. I, I don't think there's anyone better than Michael Keaton or even, um, we just said his name, 
Christian Bale. I think both of them play perfect Bruce Wayne's. Our pets with his emo hair and very uh, grungy, I guess, just didn't really do it for me. But luckily, he was not uh, Bruce Wayne for very long in this movie. It was more Batman-centered. And this yeah. was, I, I really enjoyed it because I thought the movie was over once we arrested the Riddler. Comes find out, no, this is not over yet. And then the whole dam's breaking. Well, the, the what do they call that wall? Um, retain, water retaining wall. And he uh, said, we're just going to yeah. flood and kill everybody. Sea wall. Yeah. And I was like, and when it did, and it kept showing the overview shots of all the water rushing in, people on the streets and everything. I said, this is brutal. And mm. I was for it. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I'm really glad I got the steelbook for it too. So, yeah, the um, my favorite Batman. This one's up there, mm-hmm. but I think it's 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 tough for me because it's like I do like Bale's Batman mm-hmm. a whole lot, um, and like you said, Keaton and Bale as Bruce Wayne. Perfect. Um there was one line of dialogue in this that I was it did confuse me because I didn't understand his logic. Um Alfred, it's near the beginning because he's he's wanting him to meet with the accountants. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, you know, I don't have time for that. And he says, you need to make time, you know, because Wayne Enterprises apparently at this point is almost in a free fall right he's he's talking about you need to look out for your family's fortune and everything and he's like i don't care about any of that and i'm thinking that's how you're able to be <laughs> right this is uh this funds everything you do i mean yeah. even the i, I really enjoyed the bat cave of this one too like it was in an old wayne train terminal uh-huh. and i was like that's pretty cool uh batmobile eh. jamie really liked the batmobile yeah. and i was like yep eh. It looked like a Corvette. Yeah. It was just a souped-up muscle car. <laughs> with a booster on the back. Right. I was like, you put indestructible uh, windows on it and call it a day. I was like, it was uh-huh. cool. But again, like it just didn't scream Batmobile to me. It screamed souped-up car. Yeah, so. if if you're looking for gadgets, the Bale Nolan mm-hmm. franchise is where Intimidating. you want to go. They, they've got the Tumblr, mm-hmm. you know. He's just... He's flipping over and just keeps going and all that good stuff so yeah really good movie though if this is all we get of it cool yeah i'm fine with it if they make more great yeah well we saw the penguin series so we'll see what happens after that which i'm i am curious to watch it i don't know how long it'll stick with it but i do want to stay in that world a little bit more now are they supposed to make that a prequel are we going to see how Penguin became Penguin, or are we going to see... Because I feel like you can't do it at the time this movie happened, because then you have to have Batman somewhere, right? Yeah. It's a prequel. So, okay. I'm in. I'll watch it. Because you'll have a... I imagine it will be during the uh, Falcone takeover. And his little rise to power after the the Waynes get killed. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, next week's movie review is going to be Death on the Nile, 
also on HBO Max. That's right, Netflix. Take that. Um, <laughs> and then in two weeks, our movie review is going to, of course, be Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. So next week, next week when we record, maybe we'll do a little prediction thing on what we're going to see on Ooh, what we like what that. we think we'll see on uh, on Doctor Strange, or who we think we'll see, because that's a big deal too. Um. On to the news, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 has been delayed to June 2nd, 2023. Part 2 has been delayed till March 29th, 2024. And, speaking of Netflix, well, they're popular this week, aren't they? Right. Um, Will Smith's Bright sequel has been scrapped by Netflix. Um... Let's see. According to Bloomberg reporter Lucas Shaw, by the way, this comes from comic book resources Brad Lang. According to Bloomberg reporter Lucas Shaw, who responded to an article regarding the delay of a National Geographic project featuring Will Smith, Netflix has chosen to scrap Bright 2. The decision to terminate the film is allegedly unrelated to the infamous Oscars 2022 incident, which saw Smith slap host Chris Rock. The reason behind the cancellation has yet to be disclosed. Um, it was greenlit in 2017. It says production updates on Bright 2 have been few and far between since Netflix's original announcement. Controversial writer Max Landis was confirmed to not be returning for the sequel. Following a string of sexual harassment and assault allegations, David Ayer, who directed the original film, was tapped to pen the script alongside Evan Spiliotopoulos. I bet he hated wrote, standardized test. <laughs> who wrote Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast movie? It's currently unknown how much of Bright Two had been produced before it was canceled. I imagine um, it had to do with a lot of those, uh, a lot of things. Uh, Will Smith was probably the the nail in the coffin, the final one. Looks like yeah. the the big writer who had a big sexual harassment assault allegations. And, yeah, you know, green light it in 2017. Hadn't heard anything about it. You know, sounds like the one they tried it's, to quietly snuff out. Well, to be fair, and I mean, I, I know I know it's going to sound funny, but it's also true. Netflix has been so busy with Ryan Reynolds projects, they haven't right. really had much time. For, yeah, for anybody else at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Him and uh, Zack Snyder. So, <laughs> so I, I mean. I'm sure it has something to do with it. You know, that's one thing. I think his only punishment uh, is he can't go to the Oscars for 10 years. Right. So it's not like... I think he would have had a lot more difficult time getting work if they had said something like, no film you're involved with can be nominated. Yeah, all they said was, you can't appear. Your films are fine. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. that would have been a lot bigger of an issue huge um but yeah that sucks because i i think i watched that yeah we reviewed i watched yeah Mm -hmm. we did and we i think we both really enjoyed it It was fun dark gritty and we were excited for the second one but being this far removed from watching it it's like yeah okay yeah (laughs) so uh no releases this week of any note um and now on to video games 
Chris, you play anything? This show, and I started playing some out-of-the-park baseball. So I still have a notification that pops up on my phone every day to play Tell Me Why. I hadn't started it yet. I know. I've been meaning to. It's still on my phone. But, I but you been... got the notification. Yeah, though, I so still that's... have the notification. It's the first step. It's on my brain. I have been playing Persona 5 Royal again. Uh, it came out in like 2018, 2019, and I've played it off and on since. And now I am heavily on it right now. I think I'm halfway through. Like I'm already 40 or 50 hours in and only halfway. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big JRPG. It's a huge – it's won a lot of awards and things. So I was like, okay, I want to get through this because I, I did enjoy it, and I have been enjoying it. I just haven't played it, so I'm going to get through it. And that's uh, – you know, I've played a little bit of Elden Ring. Not much, but – and it's getting more complicated this week. And I'll tell you why here shortly. I have three new stories here. All kind of tie into movies and TV a little bit. But it's more gaming centric. The first one is Jason Momoa to star in the Minecraft movie from Warner Brothers. I'm going to the HollywoodReporter.com by Aaron Crouch. Did not know this is a thing. But apparently it has been. Aquaman and Dune star Jason Momoa is lining up to another tent pole with Warner Brothers. The actor is in a final negotiation to star in the studio's live-action Minecraft movie. The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed. Napoleon Dynamite filmmaker Jared Heiss will direct the project based on the popular video game. Dune producer Mary Parent and Roy Leal produce, with Jill Messick receiving a posthumous producing credit for developing the film before her death in 2018. Executive producers include John Berg, Kale Boiter, and John Spetz. The video game hails from Sweden's Mojang Studios with Mojang's Lydia Winters and Vu Bui also producing the film. So will there be tater tots in Minecraft? Dude, I don't know what's going on in this film. I don't didn't know why this was being greenlit. Well, it's got it's got the Napoleon Dynamite connection. Right. So I figured there'd be tater tots. Tater tots or so Lena or Tina. Will Pedro be in there? Pedro. <laughs> come on, uh, Tina, come get your fat lark. Come get your... Uh, Oh, it's been so long since I've seen that movie. I can't even quote it anymore. What a what a time that that movie came out. That was a weird yeah. world we were living in when that took over the world. It's not even yeah. a good movie. I, to, you know, honestly, I, not even a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna argue with you. So. <laughs> Second piece I've got here: Amy Hennig is working on a Star Wars title together with Skydance New Media. I'm going to GameIndustries.biz for this one, and this is by Brendan Sinclair. Amy Hennig is taking another shot at making a Star Wars game, as today Skydance New Media announced a deal with Lucasfilm Games to create, quote, a richly cinematic action-adventure game featuring an original story in the legendary Star Wars galaxy. Uh, quote, I've often described how seeing Star Wars in 1977 essentially rewired my 12-year-old brain, shaping my creative life and future endably, said Skydance New Media President Hennig. I'm elated to be working with Lucasfilm Games and get to tell interactive stories in the galaxy that I love. Hennig first worked on the franchise on the franchise when she joined EA in 2014 to head up development of a Star Wars title of Visceral Games. After years of work, EA shelved the game and shut down Visceral entirely in late 2017. Hennig left the company soon thereafter. So it sounds like she is getting to be work back on what she wanted to, which is great for yeah. her. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here I've got here. Dwayne Johnson will executive produce the It Takes Two movie, which will air on Amazon Video. Again, left field. They're going to Collider.com by Matt Velle. Variety reports that It Takes Two adaptation has finally found a home at Prime Video for priority development, with Dwayne Johnson set to serve as a producer with talks that he could also star in the film. 
Right, hmm. he previously reported that the beloved game was set to be adapted into film back in January 2022, and previously reported DJ2 Entertainment would produce the film with now joining the project with Johnson Seven Bucks Productions, now boarding the project along with Amazon Studios. Along with Johnson, Danny Garcia and Haram Garcia will produce on behalf of Seven Bucks. The cast for the film has not yet been decided, though the Variety report says that Johnson has also been in talks to star in the film, though nothing has yet been decided. I'm curious. I could see this movie working, and I could also see it with The Rock playing yeah. the dad. So Yeah. Possible. Oh, what a time. Be uh, crazy, crazy news this week out of the video game movie world. So... Mm-hmm. We'll see. Noble new releases this week. Warzone Season 3 launches on everything April 27th. Bug Snacks uh, comes to Xbox and Switch on April 28th. Play this game. Comes to Game Pass as well. And then April 28th, the same day, Bug Snacks Isle of Big Snacks update, which is their D- free DLC, comes to everything April 28th, the same day. And then Nintendo Switch Sports for the Switch April 29th. Bug Snacks, love that game. One of my, I wish I played it a lot earlier. Never played it. It's it's phenomenal. If you get Game Pass, play it this week, because I will be jumping back in on PlayStation to. It's a platinum I got earlier this year or late last year, and the DLC comes with new trophies and a whole big slew of an update on the twenty eighth, and that's what I'll probably be playing this week. So, so for those of us that have never played it, you are a. I forget what the character is called. You're like the humanoid characters. Forget what their names are. They're a certain species. But you land on this island. You're a journalistic uh, investigator. And you got a, a message from one of your old colleagues that said they found something here and they need your help. So you come into the island and all the animals, quote unquote, are um, snacks. Like one's a burger. One's a ice cream thing. It's It sounds nutty, but it is such a good, crazy game. It's fun. I think I saw a trailer for that mm-hmm. a while ago. It's 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 fun. There's a pizza moth. It sounds familiar. There's um and there's all sorts of stuff. It, it's really fun, and I'm, especially that's coming to the Switch. Well, not the Switch. Well, the Switch too. But Game Pass, it, it's it's a must download. I got it for free for one of the PlayStation Plus's free updates, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I I can't believe I didn't buy this game because it is really well done. Like it, it's fun, so and very catchy. And I can't wait catchy. for the DLC. Especially since it's got new trophies. But guys, that is it for this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms. Let us know how we did uh, down in the comments as well. And don't forget to rate and review us whatever podcasting service you are using. Social media, you can follow the NerdWide account on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me personally at ty underscore Haynes. Although I've been posting a lot of Memphis Grizzlies stuff, so I apologize. As long as we're in the playoffs, that's going to happen. I imagine Thursday on there'll be a bunch of Steelers things, but it is what it is. Uh, you can follow Chris at MavTN7 on Facebook. You can search at nerdwide.com where the first ones appear. Follow us on there. Uh, Instagram, not really big, uh, not really big on there, so don't worry about that one. Um, but guys, this has been this, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I uh, can't wait to talk about the next episode. I can't wait to finally talk about Superman and Lois again after uh, four weeks of hiatus. Hopefully, they don't do that anymore because hiatus they hate us, you know. But don't don't send them that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> but guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Later, guys.